We're glad you could join us for Bible study. We're dealing with a vision of freedom, Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. If you haven't heard part one, this is part two. So go listen to part one. Okay, you're back. Okay, part one was an introduction, the first five verses of chapter one. We're going to begin in verse six, and hopefully we'll get all of chapter one done today. We're going to be dealing with the source of freedom. Paul begins by defending himself where the message came from, who he is, in order to start the conversation. The source of freedom, a vision of freedom. Let's pray. Father, have your way in this Bible study in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Fourth of July is coming up in the United States. We celebrate freedom. So a nursery school teacher was teaching some kids about this and Uh, She wanted to bring up patriotism, so she said, we live in a great country, and one of the things we should be happy about is in in this country, she said, we are all free. And at that point, this little boy stood up, put his hands on his hips, and walked all the way to the front of the class. And he looked at that teacher, and he said, I'm not free. And then he held up his fingers, and he said, I'm four. Someone said the date of a pri- the end of a the date of a prisoner's freedom should be called a period. And someone said, "Well, why?" Well, it's because the end is the end of their sentence. <laughs> the Bible said, "If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. For sin shall not have dominion over you." Let's look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 and deal with the source. Where does the freedom come from? So Paul begins to speak to these people in Galatia. And he said in verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, if you're a parent like I am, you can raise your kids for years and years teach them and love them, just as Paul did with all these churches in Galatia. And and then as soon as Paul left, some folks came in and tore down all the stuff that he had done. And you know that if you let your kids run with the wrong crowd, it won't take years and it won't take months and it won't take weeks. It can just be a few days. And they'll be doing things that you did not teach them and you did not model before them and it can tear down a lot of the good. So there were some teachers that came in and shared that what you needed to do was have the grace of Jesus plus the works of the law, which doesn't make any sense. Christ didn't half build salvation to let Moses and the law finish it. They were removed, the Bible says, from the grace of Christ and into another gospel. And then verse 7, it says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. You know, if crime fighters fight crime and firefighters fight fire, what do freedom fighters fight? Now, we don't know how many churches there were in Galatia. It was a big province. But they had a common enemy, didn't they? These freedom fighters. Well, literally, they fought freedom, not for it, but against it. 
they were the teachers that came and that said you had to keep the law of Moses to be right with God. It wasn't Jesus, but Jesus plus this. The gospel message is not a message so much of improvement, but of deliverance. Jesus came not so much to make bad men good men, but dead men, live men. Like he called Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus, come forth. I remember when I was in the Winn-Dixie, which is a supermarket, and we were leaving, and this man with this smile on his face, he said, he said, keep the Ten Commandments. And I began to talk to him a little bit. You know, if if we had to keep, if keeping the Ten Commandments was all there was to it, why did Jesus have to come and die on a cross? I don't frustrate the grace of God. If, if, if the works of the law make us right, then Jesus is dead in vain. But Jesus didn't die in vain. The cross is enough. Now, if I'm drowning in the water, think about this. If you're drowning and someone throws a book at you about keeping the Ten Commandments and said, just do this and you'll be okay. Don't throw me a book or teach me something from a helo, right? Throw me a rope. That's what I need if I'm drowning. And that's why Jesus came to save us, not just to teach us, but to deliver from sin. And the gospel of Christ isn't just the beginning or the ABCs, but it's the A to Z. The gospel is the completion, the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Revelation, I am the Alpha and Omega, which is the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. He said, I'm the A to the Z. I'm beginning and I'm the end. He said, I'm the first and I'm the last. You know, there was a preacher, I believe it was uh, uh, Spurgeon, and his grandfather was also a preacher. And I believe this is attributed to his grandfather. He said to his grandson, you may preach the gospel better, but you cannot preach a better gospel. You know that you can either have Christ or the law of Moses, but you can't have both. Because you see, it says in verse 8, though we, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So Paul first puts himself and all the brethren under a curse if they change the gospel of Christ. And it's, it's interesting. He said, though we, Christians aren't loners. We like fellowship. And then he said, he curses angels in heaven. If Michael or Gabriel change the gospel, let them be cursed. Now that word cursed means uh, to be damned to hell, to be forsaken of God. That's serious words, right? And so in verse 9, he repeats himself. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That was repeating for emphasis. Paul wanted these people to be hooked up to the true source of freedom that came from Jesus Christ. Verses 10 to verse 24 in, in this cha- first chapter, where is this freedom made? Where does it come from? You know, if you ever go to the dollar store, you check to see where something is made <laughs> before you buy it. Verse 10 said, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You know, 
I remember this one lady, she wanted me to help her move. This is years ago. If you're listening, I would have helped you move for free. But it was on a Saturday and my wife and I were out doing things for God and and the lady had a husband. It wasn't like she was alone. And I remember to sweeten the deal, she said, Pastor, I got my tithe. And let me translate that for you. If you come help me move, I'll pay my tithe. Well, I didn't go help her move. And as far as I know, she didn't pay her tithe. But guess what? We don't seek to please men and women. We seek to glorify God. The message that preachers preach sometimes, it doesn't make people happy all the time. The gospel gives the glory to God. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Because man's glory, the Bible said, it's like grass. It's going to wither away. You know, look at a weightlifter. Then look at him 50 years later. They don't look the same. Ministers come and ministers go. But the ministry continues and the ministry will rub feathers if your pastor has rubbed you wrong one time i mean not physically but spiritually uh get used to it because the gospel rubs us wrong the gospel will make you sad glad mad but it also can get you saved someone said uh well the bible says the truth will make you free but i like what one one man said but first it'll make you mad You know that the gospel causes us to change everything about ourselves. In verse 11, he says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He said, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So now we go to the source of where Paul says he got this message. He didn't get it from Peter. He didn't get it from John. He didn't get it from James. He didn't get it from one of the apostles. He didn't make it up. He said it was a revelation. You know, if you destroy all the written Bibles in the world, and all the digital copies, and all the audio copies, there's still one master copy that you and I and the devil can't touch. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the master Word. And Paul said, I got my Word, my revelation from Jesus Christ, not from man. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, who? Christ. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Paul continues with the source of freedom, and I'm thankful for my freedom in Christ. You should be thankful for your freedom in Christ. Verse 13, for ye have heard of my conversation, the way I lived, in time past in the Jews' religion. Paul, before he got saved, was a very uh, zealous Jew. How that in beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. We we say in the military, I was in the military, so people would say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Have you ever heard that expression? Paul had a lot of uh, religious uh, uh, trophies, if you please, in Philippians chapter 3, and... uh, 
verse 4, it says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. And then it says, or verse 5, and in verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law. But notice he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He said, I, I count them but dung. I don't look at those as my valuable, in, valuable investments anymore. Not my religion, but my Jesus. He said, I'll give everything else, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. In verse 15 it said, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. You know that song, Amazing Grace? is written by a former slave trader. Well, I'd never see sing anything that was written by a slave trader. Yes, John Newton was an evil man. But notice the words. It said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? A wretch. Like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. But now I see. Paul said, I wasn't called by my works, by my track record. God wasn't even impressed with my religion. He called me by his grace. And I like what John Newton wrote. <laughs> God, you want me to preach? That's amazing grace. That's the grace of Jesus Christ. You know, there was a tourist that was uh, touring Europe and he went to this small European town and he you know, he was wondering if it had any historical significance. So he went and found an older man kind of leaning against the fence who was a resident of the town. And he said, he said, hey, sir. And the European man looked up and he said, are any famous, were any famous people born here? And the old man from that town, he thought for a second, he said, nope, just babies. You know that we are born again of the spirit of God. Not because of what we are, but because of what Christ is in us. Verse 16, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. And it said, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. You know that when you boil things down, our life is to know Christ. But that's only half your life. We need to make him known. Boil your life down. What is, it, what is it about? To know Christ and to make him known. And Paul said, this message, I didn't want to confer with others. I needed to get something from God. And in verse 17, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. I didn't go confer with the apostles. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Paul wasn't taught by the apostles. He went up to another place, away from Jerusalem, away from where the apostles were. And then it said in verse 18, Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter. Not to be taught by Peter, but to see him. And abode with him 15 days. So saw him for about two weeks. Let's look at this though. After three years. Three years of preparation. What was Paul being... What was Paul doing in Arabia and Damascus? And Arabia could mean a lot of things. Could have meant Syria or Petra, uh, but it was uh, 
separated, I guess. Sometimes it includes Damascus, where which is where Paul went before he was saved. He was headed there to persecute Christians and imprison them. But Paul stayed for three years in that area of Damascus, Syria, and the surrounding areas. God was preparing him, teaching him, preparing him with a revelation, preparing him in his heart. You know, what is God preparing you for? Preparation is not wasted time. You know, ark, the ark was built by Noah, and God commissioned Noah to build it. But I believe that Noah got built up when he was building the ark. It says in 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 20, While the ark was a-preparing... You see, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But the Bible also said that Noah in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 was a preacher of righteousness. I believe that as Noah began to build the ark and saw the grace of God, he also saw the need for others to know the truth of the coming disaster. And when we see the coming disaster of eternity upon those that don't know Jesus, God begins to deal with our hearts. Man, I need to tell someone about what Jesus can do in their life. If you look at the quick, or just a quick look at Moses' life. Moses was 120 years on this earth. The first 40 years he was in Egypt learning all the mighty words and deeds of the Egyptians. The second 40 years he was in the desert. And the third 40 years he spent leading Israel, dying at 120. You can just put his life into thirds. Well, a third of his life was spent in the desert. What was God doing? God was preparing Moses. You know that God spends time preparing us. Let God spend some time preparing you. It's not wasted. It's a blessing. You're going through money problems? Let God prepare you. And he can really give you a freedom around something when he builds up your heart when you go through something. It's not wasted. The battle's not wasted. The, the, the battle's going to turn into a blessing. God is preparing you to do something for him. Verse 19, But other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. James was the head of the church in Jerusalem. Now of the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. He went under oath and said, This is the truth. Ruth, in verse 21, Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Now, these were the adjacent uh, provinces or countries around where Paul was. He said, this is where I was. I wasn't in Jerusalem. I wasn't hanging out with the apostles. Again, this Bible study is sharing that the source of our freedom comes from Christ. Paul got it by revelation, not by the apostles, not by something that he made up. And then it said afterwards... I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. They didn't know me around Jerusalem, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. He was endorsed by the churches in Judea. They heard of the old Paul. And now they heard what the new one was doing. And the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become 
new. So if, if, if something's trying to hop, uh, being held over your head by the devil, you're in some kind of battle, why don't you just quit? Say, you know what? Jesus, I quit this battle. I quit trying to please God by my works. And I'm going to receive by grace through faith the freedom in Christ because it comes through a revelation of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus' sacrifice was good enough. And Jesus' sacrifice is all I need to have a new life in being right with God. Why don't you accept that? Why don't you quit trying to please God with your works and allow God to be pleased with Christ's sacrifice, which he will make in payment for your sins. And in it, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things, your life, will be of God. God bless you is our prayer. A vision of freedom, the source of freedom is in Christ, his sacrifice, and you're complete in Jesus. Amen. God bless you.